podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for watching the Instant Reaction. For full episodes of the Canon Podcast, sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to patreon.com forward slash the Canon Pod. Welcome back to the Instant Reaction. Lands, that sounds like celebration to me. Get out of the stream, please. Yeah, not allowed. Not allowed. That could be celebration. Tezzy Mike, get out of the stream, please. <laughs> Anthony, that says total domination. Get out of the stream, please. <laughs> kind of talks best game of the season. Out the stream, please. Anthony, that's a that's a that's a double that's a double yellow, mate. That's two celebrations. A triple exclamation. That's Sideway a gaming, mode. get out of the stream, please. That's celebrating. <laughs> Mohit says he has a wonderful morning. Get out of the stream, please. Oh god. This is disgraceful. Arsenal Adventure, let's go. Get out the stream, please. <laughs> George, you're smiling. Get out the stream, please. <laughs> Welcome back to the instant reaction. Arsenal. Oh. Six West Ham nil. But I'm not celebrating. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm allowed. Tell you what I'm allowed. A small fist bump. A small fist bump. Give me can we have a small fist bump, please, George? Oh, careful. Careful. <laughs> There's too much extension there, A little, right? little too much extension. <laughs> <laughs> my oh, word. My word. God, what, what, what a day. An afternoon. What an what, afternoon. It, you, you know what? I um, Morning for you, I suppose. Well, yeah, morning, exactly. But my my gosh, what a what a performance. Our best performance of the season, potentially. Um, you know, it, it was... Uh, it had everything. It had, um, I think, a really good defensive performance. I think that... The set pieces were obviously brilliant, but we had some brilliant open play chances that were varied. I thought that Mikel did a couple interesting tweaks. You start to look at Ben White in terms of his little bit of an inversion in midfield with Saliba overlapping on the outside. Gabrielle kind of central center back. We we tweaked, we experimented, we had fun. We gave minutes to an academy youngster. Um, no, we and we ended the stream, what, 6-0? And I think most importantly, and I know that we want to kind of joke and laugh, but it is important to match our goal difference with Man City. It is important to be in that conversation. And so I, I think it's important when you play well to make sure that it counts. So once you are guaranteed three points, you do want to try to do your best to try to maybe impact the title in other ways. And I think that our goal difference was something that I was worried about, at least in the last three or four games. I've always felt that we go on a positive run of results, but I didn't know the results would be this good to the point of really making up ground in an important area when you do have a title challenge that is this close, goal difference will matter, in my opinion. And you're being humble, but you've predicted this. You've predicted this. <sighs> you can breathe. You, you love to see Only it. stat that matters. 74%, 74.8% field tilt. Uh, that is anything that matters. No, look, let, joking aside, let's all celebrate. Let's all enjoy this. It's... Yeah, you, you don't you don't have these types of games in the Premier League very often. Um, yeah. So go and celebrate it. I know we're joking, but go and celebrate it. Go and enjoy this. You look, West Ham weren't amazing. They really weren't. But there's a reason why they yeah. couldn't be good. And and basically, we just burst their, ironically, burst their bubble. <laughs> and then the moment we did that, it just, you know, you could see the confidence drain out of them. They look leggy. They look tired. But there's a reason for that. And it's the way we set up, the way we dominate the duels, the way we pick up the second balls, the way we defend out wide, the way we press from the front, the way we control the middle, the way we control, you know, all of these things that we talked about. There's a reason why West Ham just went. And look, other teams won't do that. They'll keep going to the final whistle and it's tighter, right? 
but there was an unbelievable amount of control and dominance is the word I'm going to start using in this Arsenal team. Dominance in how we controlled that match. And then up top, there was an unbelievable amount of fluidity. When I'm sat here saying the only thing, the only two things that I wasn't happy with in the first half were like a couple of moments where I wanted Saka to run uh, in behind. And there was a few moments where I thought because they, were, they weren't stepping onto us with numbers, I wanted us to move the ball a little bit quicker in the build-up. But that's in like the first 20 minutes. I Honestly, other than that, it was a beautiful performance. So important, as you say, you know, you know, it doesn't, I, I hope the conversations in the dressing room at the halftime were, look, we've got an opportunity here to go out and, and do something. Seven, eight, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't, we only got six. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I was saying at halftime to my mates, I was like, look, I, I hope we're not sat there going, look, you know, job done, let's move on. I hope they're saying, look, right, let's come out. We've got an opportunity here. This team are, We've we've managed to demoralise them. Half their stadiums left. Yeah, let's go. Let's go and put a, a a performance out there. And George, for all of the West Ham fans that were questioning Declan Rice's decision in the summer, saying Arsenal, what well, Arsenal, step up from West Ham, hold that L. West Ham Central, because I know you search your name. <laughs> I think you search it on an audio on audio platforms as well somehow. <laughs> hold that L. Hold. <laughs> Look, he um he capped off a, a brilliant performance that I thought was difficult for him. Look, the first twenty minutes were difficult for us to get into the game, but I just I I felt like we were working West Ham a bit, and there was a lot of work that di- that went into kind of the press baiting. I'd love to get a rewatch on this and have a little bit more of a talk, but I think people are bemoaning kind of the entry and that there weren't these massive open play chances. But those first twenty minutes are cat and mouse trying to coax West Ham out of their line. Yep. They're very deep. And we had to do that to coax them to come a little bit up so that we could go long, so that we could go on, on, on the last line. And I think that that kind of cat, cat and mouse play is something that we're still working out as fans. But for me, I, I thought this was brilliant. I could see it coming. I thought that um, West Ham in general did a really poor job of stopping kind of the entrance into our pockets. Um, you know, I think that they they did a really good job in the first twenty minutes, but then they let they got lazy. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off. The second goal, I think, for number five. Where is Emerson? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I mean. I think. Where is he? I'll see if I can find a screenshot of it. Sorry, keep talking. It's no, so because funny. it's true. I, I I think we isolated Emerson, by the way. And there was one thing I don't know if people noticed that I felt that Arsenal were looking for the far post deep cross. Yes, didn't so matter what times. side. There was a lot of uh, concentration on that, and I think it's because. West Ham don't have a great ability to track blindside runs. And that was something that we clearly looked at. It wasn't just, you know, why is that? Can you explain that for people? Why is that? Yeah, I think it's because they're they're kind of their center backs in general. They they like to defend with numbers, but what they don't like to do is um as soon as you have a third man run, you ask them to step up. And when you look at kind of Trossard in terms of playing that false nine along with Kai Havertz. They were asking their center their center backs to go into midfield, and they don't like doing that because they don't have the physical capacity to recover. So uh, as soon as you do that, you basically place stress on them. And so when you're trying to overload to one side, you ask them not just to defend their area or their zone, you ask them to defend a, a bigger space. And so th- this is one thing that we really exploited, that kind of center back to full back channel, which so was this brilliant. Is, this is, you know... Yeah, it's, it's incredible. How on earth can you leave someone in the space there? But how, because, do you not, how do you not close that? How do you not step in? Well, so the thing is, because like, we'll get demonetized, but you, so, you, so if you look runs at that, away. it's actually brilliant as a setup. It's actually poor from Arsenal. We don't have very many people here. But if you look, 
as soon as their center backs are able to come in, I think they were very wary of the Kai Havertz in behind run through through, through the center. So I, I think that they were afraid to step up because Kai would make a diagonal run deep into mm-hmm. the D. And I don't think that he receives it, but just his presence in terms of doing it is what's allowed space in that kind of middle third. And and honestly, it's on West Ham's midfield, mate. They're horrid. I, I, I really think that um, they really suffer from being able to control people in the pockets and, and that that's been the mm. case all season it's why they're one of the deepest blocks in the league and it's why that most of their goals or transitions happen through quick counters they avoid the midfield yeah. and i think a lot of it would be a rice in this scenario is just that couple of yards extra off he's checking over his shoulder i think suchek yeah. and phillips and all they war press they all want to step up yeah and that leaves that space in behind so yeah we were we were really it was really good for us today um I <laughs> can't believe we won six nil. <laughs> but honestly, you know, look, we we, I think everyone thinks Arsenal the agenda. You know, there's an agenda against Arsenal. You know, and whatever it's it's a couple there of is. Sky, Sky Sports, whatever, and there probably is, and whatever. But what I'm what I do think is, if Man City went away to seventh, equal seventh, absolutely dominated the game, won six nil. And play the way that we plays, there would be it would be like it's essentially Man City's title to lose. Oh my goodness me! Hello, he's, hello, hello, he's hello. turned up for an instant reaction. <laughs> this <laughs> man, he's turned up for an instant reaction. I had to get straight after the game. <laughs> Christ, how are you? <laughs> I mean, uh, just, just not celebrating after that. You know, yeah, just yeah, standard little you. procedure win. Lads, we, uh, we got we a game spent- next. We spent the first few minutes just telling everyone to get out of the stream because they were celebrating too much. <laughs> Look, MIL reaction, biggest victory on Dodd Get out. Get out. Have we, have, we, have we checked the stat that matters the most? Apart of, course from of course we have, Babs. Okay. Of well, I'm course. Gonna, I'm going to duck out that. That, 70, that was only one here. 74.8, mate. Um, wow. Joking aside, what a game. What a game. Thoughts? Crazy, crazy, crazy game. I mean, I didn't even celebrate most of the goals until the rice one because I, I always wanted more. I was like, give me one more. Give me one more. When Rice scored, I was like, that's it. I don't, I don't want it anymore. That, that was the perfect ending. It was unbelievable. It was, did you see Saka's re- reaction to that? that? I haven't yeah. seen that. I've, I've just been on Twitter just, when, just having a look. And it's when, Rice is, crazy. when Rice is doing his little, his sort of like, sorry, you can see Saka back like, it was an <laughs> unbelievable thing. And when El Nenny came on, I thought we were going to get another screamer. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did, uh, we've, we've discussed uh, the game in, in certain areas, Babs, but we, we haven't discussed yet Wanyeri. Um, Thoughts on his performance? It was nice to see him. Nice to see him. Very, see him very impressive. Nice to see you, mate. Be... Yeah, listen, I, seeing a player who's 16, and that's how fancy to realise he's 16, yeah. looks so yeah. comfortable in his Arsenal side. It's not the first time either I've seen that. I, I think there was, um, there was a game last year. It must have been Juventus in the, after the World Cup, we had like a little yeah. friendly. And and I, I just remember that game and I'm seeing him come on and just silky, smooth, Phil Foden-esque almost, right? And I'm like, wow. I mean, this guy's, I was, I think he was 15 at the time. And to see him still be that level. And I, I think the fact that he's trained to the Arsenal first team, I, I don't know if you saw there was an image this week where I think he was given the captain's armband in yeah. training mm. with like the Arsenal senior team, which is crazy. And I think, is, well, I didn't see that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think when I see stuff like that, I think what I'm seeing is a player that's not normal for a 16 year old. When I'm, I'm not talking about a good youngster here. I'm talking about a player mm. that give it a year or two of training with the Arsenal first team, I don't think he's going to be loaned out and I think he'll be involved. I'm convinced. I've, I've been saying I, they are special players. And and I think, you know what, the one thing that you can tell with a player's player 
is when they receive and when they they're, they're touched that kind of imposition the first thing that he does by the way it's on the half turn off the outside of his boot to drive he's receiving in the middle and he's just deftly dinking it on the opposite side sending his markers out and and i think the one thing that a lot of fans always try to temper with youth is are they physically ready are they physically up for it look at his understanding of space in general you know we were just kind of discussing in in our little whatsapp chat he looks like he's on the last line but it's his intelligence about where he needs to be because i'll tell you right now it's not just that he's able to stretch defenses He's been asked of it because of the game state, so he will do it. He slots in and he recognizes the space, I think, more than most players. He's got that eye for controlling a tempo of a game. And I think that, you know, he's obviously got brilliant technique. His way to manipulate the ball is, I think, going to be special even in our team. I, I think that he's a lot more street footballer than some of our other ones. And that's actually a thing that a lot of our academy youth coming up are coming with. I think that there's a, a level of, comfortability with the ball uh, that is exceeding even some of our past kind of youth and you look at Jack Wilshire's you look at some 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 other past academy grads they have the silk but do they have the physicality to meet it that's one thing that I'm not too sure that many of our youth have had in the past but it's exciting because I think Ethan does and I, I do think it was beyond just a couple cute touches he imposed himself on the game, and that's what I like to see. He wasn't there to take part. He was there to try to do something. And uh, I think it says a lot for, for a youngster to do that, despite the scoreline, despite it being comfy, and despite it being um, you know, easy to come into a team when you're winning. I, I think that the, he showed a level of, I'm going to take my moment. Yeah, I think it was a, a really, really impressive performance. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Wayne Jenkins says, still have Mo in your top 20 Emirates signings. Listen... Listen, I set it up. I set up the parameters, and he qualified. Um, the uh, but thank you very much for your contribution, Wayne. Um, the uh, <laughs> but also you're wrong. Um, the uh, what we're we gonna say? Yes, yeah, something someone uh, mentioned earlier as well that we haven't actually discussed, Babs, is this is all without Jesus, without Smith Rowe, without Partey, without Tomiyasu, without Vieira, without Timber, Zinchenko, Zinchenko as well. It's incredibly yeah. exciting. Mm. It's incredibly exciting. It, it, and I'll tell you why it was more exciting is because if you go back to the three defeats we had in uh, December, January, um, I wasn't too concerned. And I, I remember saying at that time that because we were making the chances, we were doing all the right things, that the, the, the way of losing a game, we were improving in a sense. And we weren't just losing games like we used to where teams would be better than us. We were the better team and we were getting unlucky. And at the time, I get it, you know, fans will see the, the result and maybe that depends on the narrative and stuff. But since then... It's just been just justification. We've been vindicated with those performances because we were making those chances beforehand. I mean, we should have been West Ham at the Emirates. We yep. should have an extra three points there and there. We should have yep. been Liverpool in the FA Cup. We should have yep. won those games there because we deserve to win those games there. But at that time, we had this moment where every single Arsenal attacker was our confident, our confidence. And since then, the players have come back. And you look at the Saka goal just before Rice's one. That is pure confidence. Cutting inside, smashing it inside. That for me is uh, an example of why I'm so excited about this season. And I think I'd actually argue that compared to last year, we're, we're actually a far more complete team because we don't concede chances. I mean, what the XG in the first half was 0.01. West Ham are a bad side, by the way. They ain't got bad attackers. Bowen, Kudus, these are very good players. Mm. We limited them completely and then we make, what, three XG of our own. That is a complete side. That's a first half performance, by the way. And then the second half, we go again, we score two more goals. Yeah, man, it's, it's very exciting. Malika, thank you so much for your contribution. Over 1,140 of you are currently in the chat at the minute. Thank you so much. Like, subscribe, do all the good stuff. Malika says... Just don't celebrate. 
so just don't celebrate. If you celebrate, you're out of the not stream. Not allowed to celebrate. Not allowed to celebrate. You're out the stream. We're kicking you out. Uh, Cedric and Merlin Little at one point had me on the floor. Also, is is this the first time white in the middle? Or am I just noticing? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we briefly touched on it earlier, George. Um, mm -hmm. It wasn't. I think he, again, when people say, oh, white's inverting. I don't think it's quite white inverting, but he played a different role with, with, with Kivir in the team. Um, I liked it. I think we've always known this is something he can do. For me, it's more it's more he steps in like almost in the in the Maitland-Niles way as the sort of the spare man in the midfield when he needs to I wouldn't say it's he kind of steps in there first in the way Zinchenko does but I, I liked what he did in there I think he's got more capacity to do what Zinchenko does personally uh, I, I've said it for a while and I, and I think he's done it for he did it for Leeds quite a bit by the way being the first receiver it wasn't just you know I, I think this is new for him it's actually a role that ironically I would have said that the overlapping quote end quote role is something that's more outside his wheelhouse than stepping in the middle. He's brilliant technically, got excellent long switches. He's very strong in the challenge, and I think one of his weaknesses in terms of defending wide 1v1 is less stressed in yeah, this in, role. Yeah, in that position, yeah, I agree. So, yeah. so like, in terms of comfortability, it's something that he could absolutely do. I think, uh, I just love the impact on what it did to Saliba. And then us finding out about Gabriel at central center back. Like, those are things, those are the tweaks that you find the same side that you invert on places greater emphasis on that auxiliary center back to overlap step forward. forward and step right? forward, yeah. And, and Saliba, that's yeah. the exciting potential for me because uh, with Marseille, Saliba did that brilliantly. Mm -hmm. And in fact, he was much higher with Marseille. And so there was a there's a level of just symmetry here that I think works if we're trying to vary things up a bit. Um, I think it got Saka uh, inside a little bit more as well. Um, we found a little bit more joy in the pockets this way. Um, but also, I do think it was because it was Emerson. Um, we really looked at that back line and thought, Emerson's the one to exploit here. And so I think that's the reason that we played this way in this game. I don't know if it's going to be a long-term thing. But look, at the end of the day, mate, it's about finding flexibility in ways that we didn't before, right? The whole point of having Timber was to provide flexibility and build-up. Mm -hmm. If we can start finding new roles for different players, and I'm looking at Gabriel's central center-back guys, in preseason, he looked horrid there. Now we're not saying that. This was a very good team. And I, and I think if we can find ways to recreate value in players, that's how you create a sustainable asset. Yeah. So when we look towards squad building, we look towards different additions. If we can, for example, make Gabriel a central center back, which was never a consideration at the beginning of the season. He wasn't technical enough. And we've made him technical enough to do it. I think it's brilliant in that way. And look, there's a lot to celebrate in this match. Uh um, sorry. Celebrate. Yeah, yeah. Celebrate. Sorry, I said the C word. It's <laughs> not sure there is. About that, mate. We should, but you're right though. Don't there, Jimmy there's a lot to celebrate. About us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a lot to celebrate, George. Um, and one of it is Bukayo Saka hitting 50. I think it's 51 goals for Arsenal and 49 assists, making it 100 goal involvements by the age of 22 at Arsenal. I think. Do we recognize player. what you just said, Alex? I want to. I want to give you yeah. the floor because I don't think we give Saka enough praise. There, yeah. there is too much. Are people realizing that we're we're witnessing legacy before our it, eyes in 210 appearances to have those numbers? Like, are we providing enough context here? Are we just assuming he's got to be brilliant? Since 17, hasn't been a right winger officially until his second season. So he's done a lot of this through left back. Are we are we understanding here the levels? It's or crazy. No? I think uh, someone we were talking about um, the question mark of sort of who's Arsenal's who has Arsenal's best final ball, and obviously like Fabio Vieira comes to mind. Yeah, but I think that is 
and it's everyone almost always everyone says it, Fabio Vieira. And I think, is that a disrespect to Bakayo Saka? Because this guy, is it one of those things where we just go, we just know how good Saka's final ball is, how how many yeah. goals and assists he gets, that we almost think we've got a shiny new toy that sort of takes that over. This guy has been so consistent, as you say, since the age of 17, 18. I mean, have we genuinely, could you name me more than two or three bad performances in an Arsenal shirt? From Bukayo Saka? Maybe, there, maybe there's games where he's a little bit tired or maybe there's games where he's not at the level that we expect him to be. But a bad game for Arsenal, you you, you can't find that. I don't think fans, young I think a lot of fans need to realise that, that Saka's changed in the sense of, I see a lot of fans judge him off his entertainment, his flair and dribbling and skills. He's a goal machine. He's a goal output machine. That's what he is. 50 goals at the age of 22. The youngest Arsenal player to do so since God knows how long. 100 goals on this already. This guy is our our version of Mo Salah. You know, where Salah, when you compare Salah to Eden Hazard, Hazard was a far more technically aesthetic player, but Salah is the more effective player because he scores more goals and gets more assists. And that's what Bukayo Saka is. He is our final ball player for Arsenal. And you're right, I think he has a bit of uh, voters fatigue because people are just so used to him being good for like mm. the last two, three seasons. They're going, oh, we expect it now. My God, he's got, was it, 17 goals and assists now in 23 league games. And, and no one talks about it. It's, you know, we're all talking about Phil Foden getting a good season here and there. We're talking about other players because people just, they look at Bukayo. This is a guy that went to the World Cup against France in the knockout stages with Mbappe on the pitch and was the best player on the field with the commentators were celebrating going off. And no one talked about it. He's, he's just a silent assassin. What, can crazy. I ask you guys, what does he need to, to, to kill this narrative? Because... You know, I'm seeing a lot of people say, oh, you guys are just overhyping talent at this point. Are we understanding the impact of the numbers of what he's done internationally? He's he's done already. He's, he's been England's best player at the tournaments. Okay. Uh, you, you're looking at Europe. What's his record in Europe so far? Should I double check it? What is it? Five uh, or seven goal and assists in five games, something like that. Mm-hmm. It, like, so Europe, it's not like he's not competing in Europe. He's been doing it for a title challenging team. Legitimately, it's just a trophy. A trophy mm-hmm. is the and by the no, he's actually won that. If you really want to be technical with the FA Cup, so like what what more does he need? I'm tired of this debate approaching world class. I'm gonna put it right now. I want a logical argument. Why is Bukayo Saka not world class? Look at the output. Look at the, the eye test, mate. Look at the eye test. Look at I every think... single facet of play here. What the... what does he not have? The only reason I say still that I don't think he's world-class is, is world-class for me is you have to be top three or five as a winger in your, well, in your position, so as a winger. I still think, if you look around Europe, I still think there are... You who's, could make a decent... two better? Maybe think, two better in the world. I think, I think Salah's... I think Salah's better than him. I think Vinny mm-hmm. Jr. is better than him. I think Rodrigo's a decent argument. I think both the Bayern Rodrigo wingers... Rodrigo over Saka? This Bayern season, I said, I said, has a decent argument. I think both the Bayern, um, I think both the Bayern wingers have a decent argument over Saka. What I'm saying this is, season? it's not absolutely guaranteed that he is in the top five wingers. I, I look, I, I and that's I there that, is, I can't lie. in in another no, position. Not not the Bayern. I think Rodrigo, but look, Vin, Vinicius Junior. I I will always be willing to hear an argument because he is he's been world class for a while. But the Bayern wingers and even Rodrigo, no, not 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 with Saka this season. Not not when you look at his his complete metrics. Because we're not even just talking output; we're talking about his impact creatively, his impact defensively. He's in the top numbers for both recoveries, for both open chances created, for 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 far too many stats for me to hear an argument, at least for for other people. I, I think even on the pure numbers, 
He's excelling these guys too. I think the only people that he's not excelling and legitimately is Salah this say. season. And do it for his country, just going to say. And Champions League, just going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I still think there's a decent argument for... Basically, what I'm trying to say is there's no... There's a couple of people that I would say it's not clear. Like, maybe on today, I'm sat here saying he is world-class. Other days, I'm going, there could be, you know, in periods of the season, it could be better. But in his position is as a right winger, there. I can only think of Mo Salah that's better than him right now. Yeah. I think you need to. On the right hand side, right, Alex. But if you're going to put it down to right maybe, winger, it's like it's, it's yeah, got to be a I mean, winger. That is his forward. position. He's not a left winger, is he? No, but you got. I, I think he's a winger. winger. Mate, if you look at Vinicius yeah, so, Junior's numbers, have a look. Have a look at Bakayo Saka's pure output numbers. He's got better numbers than Vinicius Junior this this season, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly, what, what, what Bakayo needs now is, if we can get a good knockout stage campaign. Get far into in the Champions League semi-finals and get some some very marquee goals against some Madrid or something like that. But Kyle has already done it at the World Cup stage, right? When he's played for England and had the chance, and I think he won the penalty for Kane to score, didn't he? And now it's a matter of doing it, you know, at the Champions League knockouts. Okay, and I think there's nothing just, left. Just to kind of round out this, just to round out this argument, who has the most touches by a forward this season? Bakayo Saka, 1,404. <laughs> and the next gap to Julian Alvarez is 1,112, which is bigger than the gap from second to 12th. In terms of the, uh, the output, pure concerns, he's got 20, actually 25 goal and assists in 28 Premier League and Champions League games this season for the output. Let him know. In, terms of, in terms of ranks in the top five, hold on. In terms of top five Premier League stats, not just big chances created, key passes, final third passes, shots, crosses, touches in the opposition box, total touches amongst forwards, passes amongst forwards, tackles won, duels won, times fouled. There is not a statistic he doesn't top top five in. I, I don't, I, I honestly, this is the one thing I take personally. I don't think there's a single metric you, you can, can point to Bakayo Saka that says that he's not the case. 25 I agree. goal and assists in 28 Premier League and Champions League games. Vinicius Jr. is not doing that. Leroy Sané is not doing that. Hell, uh, uh, Mohamed Salah is struggling to do that. And he's done it for the past couple seasons, which is why you have to give it to him. But beyond that, no way. No way. You can't. I I feel like if I come back, you might kill me. So I'm. I'm. We'll. We'll, we'll leave <laughs> I that might. there. <laughs> I might. I just. I think for me, a world class winger has to be in the world class forward conversation. And I think about Mbappe and Salah and Vinny and all these sorts of conversations. But look, we'll leave that. We'll leave that there. Let's let's go to the comments. Let's go to the comments. Um. Okay. Uh. Let's. We have to go about mostly about my hairline, really. So. Uh, <laughs> really. Uh, Habits plays simple football from Neo Sefum. Thoughts on Habits today? He's right. Simple football. It wasn't anything spectacular, and that's what Havertz has been this season. He's been a very. Can I ask what do simple, we have? What conversation player? should we be having about Kai Havertz to make it justified? I'm really struggling with that as a fan personally right now because I can see a lot of good things that he does. There's a lot of good things he does for the team, but ultimately, I'm now seven months into the tenure, and I'm sitting there saying he helps us win games. He's not the reason we win games, and. I think that's where I'm at with Kai Havertz mm. after every game. And it's a conversation that we're going to have until he starts saying, I'm winning you the game. So yeah. that, that, that's, that's the difficulty with me. I think, I think he's... Sorry, go on, go on, Yeah, I was going to say, his profile for me has been way too important in our biggest games of the season, Liverpool and yeah. Man City. 
And I think that's why Mikel assigned him, not just for those two yeah. games specifically, but that's something that we didn't have. So I, I was speaking to someone about this today about, oh, we just signed Kudus instead of Havertz. Yeah, Kudus would have been a very good signing for Arsenal, but he doesn't offer what Havertz offers Arsenal. We've got players like Kudus. We have got no one like Havertz. And in a game like this, you could say it was very simple, but in a game like Liverpool, where he caused Konate and Van Dijk, the two two of the best centre-backs in the league, so many issues. Likewise, DS and Stone in the Community Shield and off, off the bench in the Emirates. In our most important games, Havertz has turned up and been one of our most important players. So I'm hoping that translates over to a course of majority of games as we get a, a more, maybe a more natural number nine. But in recent, in the last two games, I like the way he's been rotating. You know, sometimes on the left-hand side, sometimes on the middle, then dropping off deeper. Even in this game, you had Trossard drifting over and then Martinelli coming central. So I think his impact is growing. And, you know, I definitely want more from him. But I'm not going to sit here and say, like, he's not had any impact. I, I, I think we can find a middle ground where... I think Havertz has been important in many games, as you say, Babs, but I still would side with George and say, out of that front five, has he gone out and won us a game? Has he, in his through his play, he himself gone and won us a game yet? And I, and I don't think he, you know, maybe he has once or twice, you could argue, but I think Saka consistently can go out and win us games. I think Martinelli has gone and won us games. Erdegaard has won us games in the past. And I think until he does that on a consistent, regular basis, I will always think as part of my front five, I want someone there who go, yeah, that is a guy who can on on his day win you a game. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah, he's he's that weird dichotomy, right, where he's won you the toughest games, and then you're sitting there saying, "How about the rest?" And it's it is it, it is a I, struggle. I, I, is again, a struggle. I I would and maybe this isn't what you're saying, but I would say I don't think he he was part of winning us some of the toughest games. I wouldn't say he won us those games personally. That's what I mean. Yeah, That's yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, Malico says, think he's done well defensively and choice selecting has gotten better. But he will explode next season. And if he doesn't, you won't be able to find me. Do you think part of this is uh, perhaps like a, a proper number nine coming in? I think he, he worked well off a, sort of bouncing off a number nine. Yeah, I think a lot of people expected him to rule as Xhaka because of the fact that we signed him and Xhaka left. But I think the reality is he wasn't signed as a direct Xhaka replacement. That was Declan Rice's role for this season. Mm. And we're going to see him play as a secondary striker next season when you have proper number nine because we're targeting a Tony or Ossiman, both are natural number nines. We're going to get natural number nine, whoever it is. And that, that opened up a different way of Arsenal playing. But for now, this season, in terms of adaptability, him being, you know, adaptable and fluid and dropping down deeper but playing as a striker at times is working right now. And, mm. you know, Liverpool and West Ham, those are both games that we lost earlier in this season, only a few a month ago or so, and we've now beat them twice in back-to-back games, both emphatically as well with statement victories, and Havertz has played a part. Yeah. Pete says, Luton Brentford, who wants to get, again, and it's big specific about what, what I mean, yeah. at least, is by it's, his overall all-round, yes, he scored the goal that won the game, but did his overall all-round play win us individually the game? I don't think he's yeah, done he's that yet. Saka for us to just... And you know what? I think we've kind of talked about this before. I maintain... This will look very different next year with a big boy center forward with a yeah, physical backboard that he can play with because a lot of this facilitation, right now he's making those runs beyond that are worrying defenses. I think we actually find him with having another backboard to do that yeah, because really yeah. the, the value is in the run. The value is not in him killing and being a reference. It's mm. the fact that he can make that run and finish. And, yeah. and I think that's just what we're going to find next season. I think with the, we see with the gravity of Saka what happens sometimes and what spaces are created elsewhere. And I think uh, the gravity of a, let's say it's a Victor Osman or even an Ivan Tony, yeah. you know, I could be, I could be convinced if but, it's a Victor Osman, you know, pulling someone around, moving centre-backs in a different way. Again, what's, what, cre- what spaces are created for, for Havertz. Joshua Lang, thank you so much for your contribution. Really appreciate that. And to you, Alejandro Tibetio class. Let's go. Um, Milo Haynes says with the players that were subbed on today is our squad depth with a few injuries concerning. 
No. Not at all. Not uh, no, I don't. I don't Maybe think that the um, if we had the players back, it'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's the fact that we had the, that many players missing, and we still yeah. won six nil, six nil, and we yeah. still threw on the likes of Nketiah Nelson. So yeah. is it is it a concern? Could it get sorry? Could it get better? Probably, but it could always get better. You could always have better players on the bench. But that's normal for any team. The fact that it's a concern would be last season's. If you have no party last season, no Jesus lost, no Zinchenko, we lose this game. But this year, those players are all out injured, and Arsenal are still able to you know go out there one six 0 yeah, like I think I think you would have to say it's a concern if they didn't win. You know, the whole idea was last season we had injuries and we weren't winning. But this season we have plentiful injuries and I think that we're dominating. We're producing the best performance of the season. That in itself, I think, is kind of a microcosm of why our depth is much better this season. Yep. Malika, thanks again for your contribution. I think Kai probably suits Champions League football. Same with certain others. Also, make the podcast longer, please. We can go for a little bit, can't we? Um uh, Wanieri over Foden, not yet. Uh, Lands yes. <laughs> must have missed it, but why was ESR missing? And, and basically, uh, was saying sad that Smith Rowe was missing. I thought this he was a, started. I think I think so too, I because I think what is it about West Ham where it feels like the pitch is bigger? I think it's partly the yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the stadium. I think it's partly the camera sure. angle, and it's partly because there's uh, more space around the sides. And also, West Ham are massive, apparently. Oh, they are massive, and they and they also get battered everywhere they go. And they also Champions of Europe, sorry. Six uh, 0 against European champions. Ha 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 ha! Thank you for your contribution, Alejandro, Matthew Keys, Alex Bernas. How did you react when Rice scored like this? Oh, you do not want to see my reaction. <laughs> you do not want to see my reaction. <laughs> I, I think every Arsenal fan in the world reacted the same way. It, we lost our minds. What's that one? That, what's that one commentary with like uh, Gary Neville? Where he goes. Oh! Oh! Fernando Torres scored it, uh, scored in the Champions League oh, Unbelievable. <laughs> Mohamed Hussein says, Saliba and Gabriel. I think you even have a Saliba and Gabriel picture. Saliba and Gabriel, best duo in the league. They were <laughs> ridiculous today. Wait, they played today? Oh yeah, they scored. Also, every time Declan Rice goes to take a corner, I go, why is Rice on corners? And then he puts in another unbelievable His ball striking is so underrated. Mate, we've talked about this on the channel. Hate to self-plug. We've talked about him gaining more importance on corners and and set pieces. I think um, one thing that is interesting, I did want to kind of end on a set piece conversation because obviously the first three are set pieces, but you look at it, Nicholas Yover, what a job. Why does nobody praise him? To the, to the level that he deserves, I think. And it's not I, just attacking set pieces. It's also defending set pieces. We are the best team in the league at stopping uh, mm. conceding corners. We're one of the best teams you know, in the league in terms of defending, attacking. Uh, and I think that we actually did a little bit more today in terms of our short corner routines. Um, and we also have only done, I think, one outswinging corner in our entire season. It's interesting. It's interesting. Mm. We're building ourselves an identity with it. I think he does get. I, love it. I think honestly, within the Arsenal fan base, like specifically on, I think he, I think he does get the flowers. Honestly, I'd rather him not grow a profile because if he does, then Madrid will be after him, or whatever. So yeah, I don't mind. Exactly, exactly. Uh, we started from City, didn't we? So that's enough. we did. And we went through uh, Brentford as well. Uh, final question. Let's do this from Wayne Jenkins. Let's go through all three of us. Who was our man of the match? And we all have to pick different names. So I look forward Martin to the last Lugard. person. Oh, brilliant. There you go. I'll go last. How about that? I, this is I like this is like on this. We did a short recently where Babs picked my best signing under under Arteta. Well, there wasn't a rule. I had I mean? to choose a different yeah. one, and then he had a go at me for picking that one. 
But you picked no, no, how no, this that's not fair because what? you picked Tomiyasu over Martin Odegaard. I did that's forget Odegaard, but I would have yes. picked Gabriel, so it, it's irrelevant. But yeah, but then you would have picked Odegaard after Gabriel. This is the problem, I think, with podcasting that people don't believe that like when you share an opinion, it's boring. So you have to choose a different option at the end. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go last, and uh, Cedric must leave the chat. I that is that is one. I thought you were going to say Cedric is your man of the match. I have a huge agenda against Cedric. I think uh, I, I think that is the <laughs> one player in the squad that makes me angry to see. I see Cedric, and for some reason, I get angry. I don't know if it's because he yeah, photobombed. To be fair, he was inverting, mm. playing balls behind. I think it was pretty decent. Yeah. Oh god. Well, I'm glad Mikel. Uh, gave some debuts out today. Um, so uh, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. Uh, I think man of the match was... Who'd you pick, Look, I picked Martin Odegaard because I think in that second half as well, like the amount of times he played the absolute perfect pass in behind yeah. time and time and time again. I, was it two assists in this game? Like a 95% pass accuracy. Yeah. Uh, that's honestly, the last three games, he's Martin Odegaard. In the back-to-back games, Odegaard's been sublime. He's been unbelievable. I'll go for another name. I'm not saying he necessarily saying he would have been my man of the match, but if I can't pick Odegaard, I'm going to go for Trossard. I thought Trossard was amazing today. I thought Trossard Damn was it. brilliant. Damn it, dog. Damn it. Damn it, dog. It's a dog fight out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my boy. No, I can't. Oh, God. He could pick Bukayo Saka. George, come Black on. Dog. You were just defending him a minute ago. It's a dog fight out I know, there. I know. I probably should. You know what? I'll go, I'll go with Bukayo. He did have a really good game. Um, you know, it's And just... he's the best player in the world as well, so. Yeah, well, one of absolutely, yeah. Um, yes, of course he is. Look, Saka. You know what? I will end on this type of praise. His last goal gave me a lot of confidence. I don't find him uh, aggressive enough for me, Bakayo. Like, I want him to become a killer, and and you know, I, I don't want people to misunderstand that he's not with his output because he is. I just find that Bakayo Saka has this nice persona that I want to get a bit nasty, a bit nasty with it. I want him to get more I like arrogant. Chewing the gum. I like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's just, I've seen it. Do you it like his celebration when he winked to the West Ham fans after the first goal? Oh, uh, well. Like, I, like, he didn't go crazy. Just like... Against, yeah. when he's coming to the ball, he went. I love, I, I, I love yeah. it. I, I want him to do a little bit more of that. And I want him to take authority in those. Because I think when he's been coming up, he's been a little bit more facilitative. But I want him to kill people. I want him to embarrass people. Um, And, and I think that he's slowly becoming that. But yeah, no, I, I think Bukayo Saka has a shout. Rakesh says, is Arteta finally getting it in terms of man management? Yes. Kyle and Trossard changing yes. positions and Martinelli coming inside. Big yes from you, Babs. Uh, 100%. I mean, we were asking about subs earlier this season. Well, we've got the most goal contributions from the bench, right? Young players coming off the bench. We got that today as well with Wanieri. Uh, what was it? It's rotations, getting that as well. And I think what we're seeing now actually is him playing the uh, rotational players at the start of the season a bit more. Like Kivio, for example. You're not, we're not throwing them in Cole or Nelson or Enketia. They've had so many minutes of the season that now are the most important parts of the season as we approach that. The players aren't, they adapted to the squad. And so Kivio is getting to the stage where he's actually excelling in the games. I mean, did you guys see that cross in I the first half? Was it Saka? Yeah. And, yeah. And he's, he dealt with Kudus well a couple of times. Some nice, nice well. moments. Uh, we've got to finish there because otherwise we'll be accused of over-celebrating. Um, <laughs> Christ. Jesus. I, I I hope what you're going to do after this is just is just sit there for the rest of the afternoon. I'm just going to meditate. I'm just going to sit there and be angry we scored seven. I, I, am just, I am just so happy we haven't had that video pop up. So... Uh, we're, Which video? It's a, Wait, it's you a mean you, you mean touch balls or rice rice yeah, baby? You can play rice rice baby. I don't, wouldn't mind that. I'd actually vibe to that. Yeah, that's but okay. T- touch balls is problem? just a bit. What is your problem with touch balls, Babs? <laughs> what is my problem with touching balls? I um, don't like let, to let touch me, balls. 
No, I do not like to touch pools. <laughs> the people will will decide. People, if you want touch balls and rice rice baby, people, I'm also in charge of the stream the mode, so I will decide at the same time. <laughs> get this guy out, right? <laughs> hey, you get out of my friend. I can't control. <laughs> All right, peace out, uh, lads. No, listen, oh listen. See, see, we got play it both balls. Bavs doesn't like to touch balls. You need to touch your balls more often. Touch balls with that Bavs disappointed face at the end. Touch balls. Play it. Play it. Touch balls and rise. See, they love it. Come on. Here we go. Oh, come on, Jamie. Yo, oh, sorry. Sorry. Why'd you, why'd you ruin it? Sorry. Sorry. In, in, in. You don't like to touch walls? So I love it. So yeah, come, come. You don't like to touch walls? You don't like to touch walls? Touch walls? Touch walls? You don't like to touch walls? The the Korean guy and so I love 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 you don't like to touch what? Podcast Network.